1: Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, two men from opposite ends of the physical, cultural and emotional spectrums, Flats and Shanks.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast. I'm David Flatman. I'm Tom Shanklin. Alright, Tom. Hi, Dave. You alright? Yeah, good, actually. How are you?
3: I'm right. I tell like what him. you're wearing today. Yeah, tell him. Yeah, it's a, it's a cardigan. Um, it looks like it's Blue Harbour and a lovely shirt.
2: What's um, Blue Harbour? Cardigan. What is, what's Blue Harbour though? Is that a oh, style or a brand boy, or something? He's, you know, he's playing this game, isn't he? You know what it is, mate. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you do. I do not know what Blue you know, Harbour is. You didn't know when you bought it from M&S it's not from m and oh no. the Blue Harbour range in m and oh Penny drop well done for fat guys oh I know oh I've got Blue well Harbour built. shorts well built no this is not a m and okay. actually I like it though I like Cardigans mate so. oh right mm. ok I mm. thought you were taking the Mickey no no not at all do you want to
3: tell everyone where we are yeah we're back in the Cardiff Blues BT Cardiff Arms Park in my mate's box <laughs> <laughs> James Ronald Charles William Rainbird there's actually his name is it? Yeah,
2: it is. Did his parents want to make him posh by giving him loads of initials? Yeah, exactly. that what? Did. Embarrassing.
3: Um, and we're in his box. He's the, um, the MD of Pink Pig Loans. Pink Pig. Are
2: they a sponsor of ours? Not yet. Well, let's not plug him then because he's given us nothing. But yeah, they guess what they do. Do they do? Um, do they lend money to farmers? No. Oh. Do L- loans, they lend
3: yeah, they lend money to anyone.
2: They're basically loan sharks, so he no, knows violent not people. Sharks, not sharks. He kneecaps people, secured loans, mate. He kneecaps people, okay. Um, but pink pig loans, yeah. Mm. Um, what have you been up to? Loads, oh god, absolutely loads. Um, I mean, we
3: we did a filming video last week, didn't we, with Gav Henson. Oh, yeah, super gay. Hopefully, Gav. a few of you have seen it. He looked oh, sharp, yeah. didn't he? I mean, Flats and I. We, we try and make an effort when we're on camera to wear something half-decent, and Gav just rocks up dressed all in black. Black trainers, black jeans. Knackered trainers as well. Black
2: hoodie, um, black leather jacket, and just looked cool. Jet black hair, he looked amazing, didn't he? he? Did, yeah. And he smelt genuinely smelled amazing as well. No, he,
3: he, smelled, he smelled a little bit of biscuits.
2: Biscuits. Yeah, I, Saint, I got aftershave from that. Saint-Tropez. Oh, is that it? Yeah, I think so, mate. And he went. We did a bit of filming with him, and um, he was only there for half an hour, wasn't he? But he went straight from there, see your boys, and walked out. And we said our goodbyes. We finished our filming, which took a good half an hour, forty-five minutes. We walked out and bumped straight into Gavin the street in central Bath again, and he'd been for a sunbed, hadn't he? Yeah, he's been a little bit peaky. He said, no hiding it. Told you, mate.
3: Look good, play good. Yeah, he's playing really well. Yeah, that's his motto. Um, so that was good, wasn't it? We had a bit of filming in your territory in Bath. Manor. Yeah, i are um, filming today strange, as well. Strangely, nobody knew you though. There's no waves, there's no high fives, no horn beeping, apart from Jerry Guskert. Oh, yeah, we saw Jerry. Who decided to walk down the middle of the high street in some black tracksuit bottoms, um, yeah. a black fleece, and a towel wrapped around his neck on the inside.
2: Like a boxer running fleece. out.
3: Yeah. It's been on the cross trainer. Yeah, but it's Jerry, mate. He'll do what he wants. Yes. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: Does what he wants down there, mate. Does exactly. absolutely what he wants. Um, I end up speaking
3: on Friday night mm. in Rumney. You wouldn't know Rumney, but Rumney's where Tom James, the Cardiff Blues winger, he's had a dabble now and again with Wales.
2: Yeah, um, that's so his home club. People say he's a bit of a hard nut, Tom James. Is that because he's from an area? Is Rumney a bit of a, a yeah. roughneck area? That's one of the reasons why.
3: The other is basically I took him under my wing mm. when he first came through. Put a few hard edges on him, did you? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, spoke at, so I spoke at Rumney Rugby Club, but it wasn't for it wasn't for actual Rumney Rugby Club. It was for the Knights of St David. Who are
2: Earl of old geezers that sing a lot. Partly, yeah. They,
3: yeah. they, set, they set up a, a group after the Second World War in 1946, and every year they've had an annual dinner.
2: So it's a really important dinner for them. Yeah. And you were what's, guest speaker.
3: How would you go down? Um, mixed, I think.
2: That means shocking. I mean,
3: one of my opening lines was that I was second choice speaker here. And Garth Thomas was first choice, but... Oh, here we go. Yeah. yeah. Where was he stuck? Stuck in Barrie. Yeah, or Sydney, but he wasn't in Australia. Chester, Chester Warwick. Chester. yeah. And I said, look, you know, pre-2007, didn't mind it at all. Used to love it, in fact, getting recognised for Alfie. Uh, but now it literally is a pain in my ass. <laughs> Can I say that on here, or...? You said it, There, no, you said it. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm looking at you for clarity...
2: I know, but I, I just think... The fact that I've laughed at it means I've endorsed it. Um, okay. So I guess we're both guilty. Uh, she went down all right. Yeah, okay. and
3: then weekend, just relax a mate watch a couple of films, watch Beast of No Nation. It's really good on Netflix. Is that the
2: Idris Elba number? Yeah. Where
3: Not seen it. The sort of civil war going on. I mean, someone probably picked me up on that. What you? country? Uh, Ghana. Uh, mm, it's good, though. It's good. I've got some mates doing a bit a of business th- in Ghana at the moment. It's quite, it's quite a deep film. Um... And then we'll also watch The Accountant with Ben Affleck.
2: Mm, I like Ben Affleck. He seems to get a lot of grief from the um, sort of cinema, cinematic uh, aficionados, but I always think he's really good. He's got autism in it. Well, he's autistic. Oh, is in, he? In, in this it? this film, yeah. yeah. Um it's probably quite hard to play if you're not autistic, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, and he was more of a bit
3: of a vigilante, really. Okay. I mean, he's not going to casinos, counting cards, stuff like that. That's oh, what, right. That's what I'd people.
2: do. That's what yeah. I'd do if I had it. Yeah.
3: That's
2: what I'd do. right
3: yeah. So, quite. What about yourself, boy?
2: I uh, played a game of rugby on Friday. No way. Yeah. For who? Bath. For Minchin Hampton RFC. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, Mike Tindall's local club. He plays with them quite a lot. And it's good to keep him in the roles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I didn't want to play, but just you know, just so I can have a selfie with Tins and Zara. So it makes Princess me, Anne was makes there me as seem well. Cool. Um, I'm thinking about making make, like having another baby, just so. We can make, like, Tins and Zara godparents, then we can have royal godparents. I can't believe I didn't think of that when we had kids. I don't want them to be godparents. They're probably godparents to, like, 800 children. But I'm thinking... We're thinking about doing it just to be those nauses that do it. Do you know what I mean? They've got no choice. They can't say no. And presents as well. Imagine every, the presents. Every year. Jokes. Yeah. Here's a horse. Yeah. Here's a Land Rover. Here's a digger. Here's a unicorn. Yeah, here's some land. Yeah. You know, Yeah. exactly it. Amazing. Um... So yeah, played this game and um, yeah, the last one. Here's a duckbill platter. Yeah, it's it's literally the last one. So um, in our team, I might have talked about this last week, but there was there were among others. Who
3: pulled out? I want to know who pulled out last minute. Lee Mears There's always what
2: Lee Mears There's always someone. Yeah, pulled straight out. Yeah, Tins Tins texted us, texted us the team last, WhatsApped us the team. This is the team as it looks, and I jokingly sent back Mearsy will pull out just to get yourself another hooker. And he was like, Yeah, I know, and it was all on this group WhatsApp and sure enough Mizzy pulled out What was um, his excuse? Decent reason actually. His wife had booked a surprise birthday weekend away and Tins didn't know that, Mizzy didn't know that, so she rang Tins and said, Look, you need to drop he's, him because he's either very unfortunate or just very clever. Think of a new excuse. Yeah, in fairness, um, it was real. Okay. Um but and he would have absolutely torn up because he's an he's he's a midget. He is an unbelievable athlete, and he's one of those guys that he could be forty-five and still play mm. really good rugby because he's just amazing. Little always smiling as well. Miniature mate. specimen. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Like I don't like people like that. Don't trust them. No.
3: Uh,
1: quiffing a smile,
3: a, not having it. It's annoying. They're not having it. The type of people that just you know you share a lift with them and they're like smiling and laughing to themselves. <laughs>
2: Isn't life? Yeah, but you know they go back to their room and cry themselves to sleep. Well, that's what Um, I hope. (laughs) Yeah. So in this game, it was all a big laugh, and the weather was really bad. So Rob Fiddler was texting saying, "Can we shut the roof, please?" What while he's playing? Yeah, yeah. Before we on the morning morning of, and they said, "Don't realise the weather is really bad, but so the game is still on, but we've called off the warm up, which I thought was fair enough. Mm. So no warm up, straight out. um, Quick swig of water, energy drink, because you think um, better hydrate. You got about three swigs before kick off. Turned out to be. Local ale in all the water bottles. Um, half time bottle of port, but it was it was great because it was all it was all a complete laugh and everyone was we were laughing hysterically for most of the game. Mm. But and all of us, all the ex like pros on our team, the opposition had Andy Deacon, the old Gloucester prop, and Pete Buxton, but otherwise thirteen amateurs. And um, so it was just it was like a load of pros against a load of amateurs basically, and ex pros rather. And it was all like take it easy stuff, but Nicky Robinson, Cardiff boy from down here, played 10 for us. Good shape still. Just retired, isn't he? Yeah, it doesn't look like he's been training too hard the last few months. The
3: Blues signed him on like a three-month contract. Yeah, ended
2: last week, so he's just retired of pro, and he played 10 for us, and it was just a big laugh. And he got the ball, and the first time he got the ball, he just shipped it on. Yeah, Because, you know, these guys like Robbo, he could score every other time he gets the ball in a game like that. Yeah, he scores when he wants. Yeah, without being too arrogant. The pros no, they didn't say about me. Okay. But as soon as he got the ball and passed it, it was like a second and a half late. This bloke, I think it was one of their second rows, absolutely totaled him. Didn't just scrag him, like smashed him and he's like spinning backwards. Like, yeah. And I was, and Robbo got up like, what the fuck? And, and it's funny because I'm like, my competitive instinct died the last game I played. I've got no interest in yeah, who it wins. It died
3: way before that, mate.
2: It died way before that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think we won the game. I found out after. I couldn't tell you who scored. 2010, I think. Oh, wait. Okay. So then this bloke wiped out Robber and I was just like I was got like, angry. Right, someone's getting it and I was just running around twatting people. That's basically.
3: like touch, isn't it? You know, you play a game of touch. It only takes one person to give an aggressive push yeah. or hold someone back and you flip.
2: Yeah. And well, I was well I was like I wasn't running around angry, but I was like, every time one of them got the ball, I was like, I'm gonna twat someone now. Did you? Yes. Oh it's good actually, it was good fun. I've got a sore ear now, I couldn't sleep on my right ear, which I like, my shoulders are they were quite bad, just said I couldn't. How many how many did you bury? I didn't bury anyone. But I I made a aggressively cut, hit, cut of aggressive, cut of aggressive tackles. But did it feel good, mate? First time I got the ball, no joke. First okay. time I got the ball, hole just chase. opened up, and I went straight through. And a clean break. Yeah. Everyone was laughing. This bloke came across to tackle me. Fifty-five-year-old scrum half. Right, he looked seventy-five. Okay, and he was grinning as he ran towards me, thinking he's. Gonna, and I thought, oh, just for a laugh, I'll drop the shoulder and absolutely <laughs> whack this poor old bloke. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was really, really good fun. Really, really good did fun. You win? Um. I think we won, yeah, but we had a good night. What else have you been up to? I went up to Worcester for the Worcester-Bristol game for the highlights show, and it was they were, they were brilliant. We'll talk about that in a bit. They were really, so really. So you had a
3: fairly quiet weekend?
2: And you're um, for you? Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh, good. Did yeah, you I... catch up on a bit of sleep?
2: No, I don't say I'd like to sleep more than I do, Tom, but I've, you know, as it happens, I want kids to get up very early. But otherwise, I'm all right, mate. I am all right. Uh, well, you know, something different's going to happen this week. In the podcast. Are you going to talk? I got I got a lot of grief for talking too much last week. From who? Uh, well, three people on Twitter said you didn't get a word in, but then I think it's because... Um, you do you, talk a lot, but... You weren't feeling very well, and I just had a coffee. Yeah,
3: we've got Leo Vegas yeah.
2: sponsoring
3: now, yeah. live. Live? Yes, absolutely live. We've
2: got a sponsor? Yes. See, Shanks, I, I knew this was happening, but Shanks and Michelle, our agent, kind of deal with this stuff. I'm not very good at the formalities, so... Um, I knew it was happening. Glad to have them on board. Spoken to a couple of the guys at Leicester Tigers, whom they also sponsor, and they say they're very nice people. Mm. So I think this is i think this is good news. It's so next we're step. going to have a
3: new little segment in this podcast. It's going to be mm. bet of the
2: week. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to focus
3: on one game. Yeah. We're going to put a bet on. Yeah. That bet, if we win, then goes to charity, and our chosen charity is Children in Need. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit of fun. Um, we're not pro gamblers, so... Hey, when the fun stops, yeah, stop. Is that what they say? That's what they do say.
2: Yeah.
3: but you know, don't don't take our word
2: for it. That they're going to come in these bets. We're, we're having a bit of fun. We're looking at. Bit... Oh God! I mean, I'd say there's a. I don't. I've never done really. I've never done much betting before. I've Only really done it at Cheltenham. So this is quite exciting for me. I don't even know really know how to do it.
3: Yeah. So you got you got on the website, mate. Um, LeoVegas dot Yep. Um, you know, if you are betting, the T's and C's do apply. Yep. Make sure you're over eighteen. Yeah. God. Yeah. Obviously, and bet what you can, not what you can't. As we've always said that. So you've always yeah, said it. I mean, we focus on the game. This weekend, we are going to focus on England v Scotland. Oh yeah, I've
2: already decided that. Okay, well done. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be
3: talking about that later as well. Are we?
2: Yeah, Pregnant we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the big sporting event of the weekend. Yeah, which was David Hay against Tony Bellew. It was um, fascinating. But of news as well
3: that's come in um, on the rugby front. Ian Madigan going to Bristol. Well done him, or well done them actually. I'd say mm, um, respectfully. You got some bit of goss on Lee Halfpenny, which is random because it should be me because you know he's my
2: mate. Yeah, he's not your mate. I um, I do I do know some stuff about the Wru's dealings with yeah. Lee Halfpenny and so see how it goes. So listen in.
3: Yeah. So first bit of news, Dave. Um, mm. Lee Halfpenny. Yeah. Well, it's this
2: long conversation that surrounds him, and um, Hold on, I, sh- I should talk about him because he's my mate. You just
3: you never met him. I have met. You him. just pretend to know him. I met him once at a dinner. Did you? Where?
2: Um, rugby writers' dinner when he went play why, the why, year. Are you,
3: why are you looking up when you're saying that? Because you're lying. I'm trying to
2: recall it. I know you're lying. You've opened your mouth. You. <laughs> yeah, eyeball body language is left for lie, right to recall. So if I look left, I'm lying. If I look up, I'm. Re- I am. Something. You've got me- eyes everywhere, mate. I met you know, him you've once, alright? I on. met him once. Yeah. He seemed to he seemed to like me. Um there's long conversations surrounding whether or not he's gonna come back to what uh, Cardiff slash Presumably Wales. Cardiff, yeah. yeah. on a central contract or whatever. But there's been something released, hasn't there? You tell us about that.
3: Well, there has been some released. I mean they put together a contract, like a national dual contract, which part paid by the union, part paid by the region. I think it stood at around 400k um, in February. That moved, can't live on that in Cardiff, mate. That moved up to 420. So the contract was there. Um, I think the, the money had been agreed. Um, it was a two or three year deal, but the deal would stop mid season, is what the WIU have sent. They're not comfortable with Seth and the president of a contract ending mid season.
2: Yeah. So that that is, I mean, they proved it proved an issue. Yes, they might not be, but I spoke to somebody. This is why it's odd that I know this and you don't, but I spoke to somebody um, within one of the uh, Welsh regions, Cardiff Blues. And they call Cardiff Blues now or just Blues? Whatever, Cardiff. And the conversation was with WIU and Cardiff basically coming together, working around it, getting Lee Halfpenny back from Toulon because he obviously had... Uh, a huge name here and all that sort of stuff, and it's great for Welsh rugby to see guys choosing to come back. You know, something Welsh rugby I would, I would argue really needs desperately. So, this is the money you got to pay. I don't know what the money was. Let's say you're right. It's four hundred and twenty grand a year, um, poor bloke, um, plus endorsements. But you that that was agreed, and it was a it was. Let's just say it was a two year contract. So it was a normal. It was either two or a three. What year are we in? Yeah, it's a two year contract that he comes back at the end of this season. And then he realised, Lee and his agent realised that the contract was going to end right before the World Cup. Yeah, that's correct. So it's like, uh, so my contract is over as the World Cup arrives. That's a bit odd. I don't want to be negotiating contracts when I'm trying to go into a World Cup and have that. Because for some people, it's no stress at all. For a lot of people, it's very, very stressful having contract negotiations. He may well be in, you know, the latter camp. I was as well. I didn't enjoy it at all. Um so I wouldn't have wanted that hanging over me. So he basically said, I just want two years and two months just to cover the World Cup. Because he'll be going anyway, let's face it. Just I just want to cover the World Cup. Yeah, if fit, he's on the plane. Yeah, so they, the guys at Cardiff Blues basically send a message, whether it's a text or an email or whatever, and I've a, I've actually seen this on a phone screen, so this is not my mate said this. I've seen the actual messages to someone at the RF, WIU, sorry. saying so he just wants an extra two months because... It secures it for the World Cup. Now it's, you're talking about 420 grand a year. You're talking about, if that's the right number, let's just assume it's a lot. You're talking about two extra months. So it's 26 months instead of 24-month contract. And the message come back, comes back straight away, fine. So it's done, right? It's done. The next thing the Mr X at Cardiff Blues hears, it's all fallen through. Hang on a minute, what's gone on? They've told him, no, you're not having it. Uh, so they've told Cardiff Blues, fine. Then they've told Lee Halfpenny, I guess Lee Halfpenny's agent, who I happen to know who hasn't told me any of this by the way and that's the truth um, who's a lovely man Um, and Lee's just said well do you know what fuck it if they're not going to do that they're going to say yes then they're going to say no they're going to muck me around again I'm out and he re-signed for too long and they lost him over eight weeks on top of a two year contract absolutely pathetic the Blues tried I think in fairness when they
3: saw this deal was slipping away to say that they would cover the two extra months cost but because of all the messing around he's just gone right
2: yeah, and why, why does he at want that, to go where he's not
3: wanted sufficiently? That, you know, I'll, I'll re-sign an extra year extension at Toulon. and he he would have been one of the only Welsh players to spend a fair chunk of his playing career out there. Normally, players go for one, two, possibly three years, but I think when you add up, he, he will be would have been out there for four years. Twenty seven years. That? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's, it's, it's a shame they can't get him back here because. Welsh rugby, I still believe, needs all their best players playing in Wales. Yeah, I, I do, don't yeah. agree with people saying, oh, this is going to make them a better player outside. It's ruining the game here. It's ruining the you know, the domestic game. And how do you get the domestic game better is by having better quality players. Mm. I, I massively reckon we need a rule like Australia have, you know, that 50-60 cap yeah. So you play all your club rugby here, when you've earned that 50 or 60 caps it could even be 40 caps for Wales then you can look outside if you go before that you're not picked for your country Yeah. and you watch you know the bo- what's your dream your dream is to play for your country isn't it, mm. it and you know if you make money if you make some money great but if you put that on the line you know if you're going to go over to France or you're going to go over to England yeah. they'll be back and you won't if you do that you're not going to play for Wales you, you look at that and I reckon most will choose Wales mm. yeah. that's your shop window yeah you know, that's that's one thing I can't recreate anymore. It's going out in front of seventy eight thousand people. I mean, I might become a rock star, so
2: I'll get that back. But or Jimmy Somerville tribute band. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy Winterville. That's what I call myself. <laughs> but it you can look at it two ways, and I understand our listeners might say, Well that's a joke. He's he's earning all that money, he should come back and he hasn't put Wales first. Do you know what? It's his job and I don't I've got no idea what he earns at Toulon but I think there's a good chance it's quite a lot more than that. He'll be get, he'll be earning that money for another handful of seasons. Then he's gone, done. He's not going to walk into the media. He might not want to be a coach. Who knows what he's going to do? He's got a limited amount of time to earn. That is half the argument. The other half is that he's not being a diva. He's just saying it's not like stop messing me around. You do as I say or I'm gone. From what I understand, it's just can you just communicate with me properly? Stop changing your mind and stop messing me about. And who wants to he's exactly. got Wru who clearly won him, but not that much. And he's got Murat Bougelard at Toulon. Who loves him? And he said some funny things when he first arrived there. But who loves him? And an environment. Well, they,
3: where they, well, they nearly terminated his contract at one stage because he was injured. Injured, yeah. But yeah. now he's
2: in an environment where he feels loved and wanted. And I don't care who you are. That is important. There's, there's emotion involved. Wish someone loved me to four hundred and twenty grand. Yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes I look at these salaries and think, right, what wouldn't I do for that? And I haven't mm. thought of anything I wouldn't do for four hundred and twenty grand yet. Nothing. I'm not sure there is anything. Anyway, Ian Madigan signing for Bristol. That's big yep. news.
3: Um, good signing for Bristol, mate. A <laughs> quality like that. I think it shows, you know, his international career. He's not obviously thinking that he, he's probably thinking, right. I'm not really going to get picked. They've got Paddy Jackson, they've got Jonathan Sexton. They're going to be there for a while. Mm. You know, I'm going to go earn some money, have some fun. You know, try different environments. I think it's really good. Uh, great signing for them. There's no clause in this contract either, which means, you know, it looks like he's going to be
2: playing. No relegation championship,
3: clause. Championship rugby. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what a signing for him. What a
2: player? Really good, and you know, I, I think that Bristol, Bristol are. It's a year
3: too late, in my opinion.
2: It is. <laughs> but they're they're likely to go down. Yeah, they're likely to come back up because the playoff system has been scrapped in the Championship now. So yeah. top of the range top of the league will, straight up, and I think that's how it should be. Um, Do you think I, that's because eventually they're looking to ring fence it? Uh, yes, I yeah. think. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, okay. I think. I think also it's just not fair. So, I think you can you know, win every game of the year and lose in the final. It's, a, it's actually horrible. Well, Bristol would have been up two years earlier, wouldn't they? Yes. Yeah, yeah. the so, they, they suffered a bit, but um, the, you know, it's taken too long to fix I that, mean, in my do, view. You,
3: do you think it's wrong then to be, have a playoff in the Premiership, for
2: the final? Um, I don't like that either. Mm. I realise that commercially it's great. But I don't yeah, like commercially
3: it. Commercially it's great, it makes it very exciting. But,
2: but I say that because I, I played in a Bath team that finished top of the league and lost in the final. I, that's the whole point of a league. You know, league, That's what I think. the league
3: is the best team at the end of the league. Well, I think if you,
2: if you really want those semis and finals, you get a great cup competition going with massive incentives for the winners and the clubs so they don't just put kids out there. Mm. But it's tough when you've got Europe as well. It's not like football. You know, the boys are battered after no, I, league I in Europe. I agree with you, mate. I agree with you. So. Um, all right, we're in agreement. we Good signing agreeance. for Bristol. Really good. Yeah, well done then. But I feel like uh, they've come up this season and looked like a championship team. There's a couple of times they've looked like a premiership team when they've been absolutely desperate. Um, but I, I think on the whole and at Worcester at the weekend, they look like a championship side, yeah, whereas we'll, Worcester we'll, look like a premiership team. We'll, we'll get on to that, mate. Oh, all right. a little bit. all right, mate. We've still got right. some
3: news to go first, mate. All right, boy. It's um, so a Saturday night, half past ten. Oh. Sky Sports box office. Oh, Hey,
2: Bellu. Bellu, Who's Bellu? Craig Bellamy. <laughs> Can you shut your computer up? What's your problem? I don't know. It's just... Every time it beeps, you look at it and press something that doesn't work. Getting loads of Tinder notifications. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a joke. That's a grinder. (laughs) (laughs) Match. Uh, Hey, Bellew. Yeah, what a fight. Fascinating, absolutely fascinating. When I say what a fight, I mean,
3: I was just intrigued all the way through because part of me thought WWE and part
2: of me thought this is amazing.
3: Mm. You know, I I was torn in between
2: reality and fiction. All these people are saying it's... you know so what? you've got a theory on this because you ruptured your Achilles. Someday. Not a theory, it's uh, not a theory. It is. I know. I know
3: the it's truth. It's proven. Um, but a lot of people saying it was his knee. A lot of people saying his ankle. Yeah. Something went. You know that because as he's moving back, he looks down at his foot. And he knows something's wrong.
2: Yeah. Well, look at look, look on my Twitter feed for the close-up video of something happening with his right lower leg. Yeah. And it is absolutely undeniable. That's what I, but only, I know it's undeniable now because now you, I know the you, facts. You ruptured your Achilles. I had a, least. I didn't rupture it. I, okay. wish, I wish I had. You had I had a partial had, tear. I had a, yeah, but I had a, it was hanging on by a thread, okay. which meant they didn't cut it and refix it. They just tried to fix around the thread. And do you, didn't think, work. Do you think, with that injury you sustained, yeah. that you could have carried on boxing, for instance? Like so, this is, this is the thing. I did mine. Uh yes, is the answer, okay. I played about thirty five minutes against Colomier in with the it, in the front row, with yeah, it. okay, yeah. and I knew I'd done something, but rupturing your Achilles is sometimes excruciatingly painful mm. and sometimes numb, numb, and people just hear they feel and hear a snap, and they look down and something's not right, but kind of looks normal, and they carry on and realize, hang on a minute, I'm running like a drunk person, which is exactly what David Hay did, and they go down and think something's wrong. Physios come on, grab the back of your calf and say, "There's nothing there, mate. There's just a big hole where there used to be a massive Achilles tendon. You're in Barney Rubble." So I watched it, and I'm not. I'm not an expert. For, firstly, I know you. I'm talking too much again. You so, are. You know. Do you want me to tell you my theory? Or yeah, not? yeah, big, big. But well, it's not a theory. So big time.
3: What, while I hold my breath.
2: As you know, <gasps> as you know, what I hate about Twitter is when people come on and present opinion as fact. It's like you don't know the truth. I didn't go on there as someone who's done their Achilles, someone who knows what to look for and all that sort of stuff, pretending I was a doctor. I said what I thought. One guy says to me, definitely faking it, definitely faking it. And then I get texts from a one ex-player I won't name saying, you're not buying all this Achilles rubbish, are you? He's faking it. It's all bullshit. And I'm like, hang on a minute. It's not all bullshit. Yeah, breathe out, you <laughs> dick. So I put, they're coming on and presenting opinion as facts. So I said to one guy straight off the bat, I'll bet you 50 quid. An actual 50 quid, this guy's a uh, physical therapist, a, a physio or something, I will bet you 50 quid here and now, you are wrong. He said he's definitely faking it. I said, you're wrong, mate, you're presenting your opinion as fact. and it's the Anyway, so he's not wrong. He ruptured his Achilles and he's had surgery because the guy who did his surgery did mine as well and the physio, not the guy who was strapping his leg like an amateur. He's like, yeah. That was one of his corner men. I love men. that strapping. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That wasn't his physio. Duct tape as well. But the physio, I won't name him because he's a, he's a very private guy, but the physio who was in his corner yes. on the night yes, um, happened to be the physio who fixed my Achilles. Right, we got there. We got there in the end. And I now know that he has had surgery to fix it. OK. Same physio, same surgeon that I used. Um, so Bellu also broke his hand as well. Yeah but, bro- mate, break, yeah, but breaking your hand in a boxing match is not ideal, but loads of guys do it and win fights. Because there's such little bones in your, there's in your hand. There's nothing like... And the, the key thing is, the the key thing if you're looking for the... By the way, this is not in dispute anymore. David Hay did his Achilles and fought on. I am not a David Hay fan. I don't like the way he operates. I don't think there's any wit to his pre-match hype, to his banter. I find him a li- well, hugely crude... Um, not very entertaining, didn't like the build-up at all. I think at least Muhammad Ali had a bit of wit about him. There's not a lot of that in David However, he is absolutely as hard as iron. He fought on with a done Achilles. Watch his right foot. That's the power foot that develops his, the power for his power shot on the right. He loses that, gone. Yeah. Watch his right foot. As soon as someone hurts their Achilles and they know they've got to stand on it, what you can't do is face your toes forward and push off like you are if you're walking or running. Everyone, put, say it's his right foot, which it was, goes out to 90 degrees from his body because he's got no propulsion because his tendon that creates propulsion, at the back of his leg, is gone. So his foot goes out to the side and he uses effectively his shin bone and his heel to give him propulsion. That's exactly how I walked for about a year. So absolutely hard as nails. But what, what I'll say this now, what really pisses me off is that Tony Bellew is, fair play, he did really well, but he's... No-one's mentioning the injury. He beat a bloke on one leg. This is not the biggest upset in boxing history. He beat a heavyweight with a ruptured Achilles. Why isn't he mentioning it? Mate, can I talk now? Embarrassing. That's about
3: five minutes. Yeah, just piss me off. And uh, the moral of that story was that you know the
2: physio. I I felt very confident I I knew what had happened, and then it was confirmed by the physio. So... Morgan Stoddard, an ex rugby player for Scarlets, played
3: a few times for Wales as well. Good guy. He's ruptured ruptured his Achilles. Um, He claims there's no way that David Hay could carry on if that happened. Now, I'll be honest with you, right, I I I, I said I was torn in between it being a bit of a theatre and it actually being a proper fight. I still am a little bit. I mean, after after speaking to you and how convincing you are, um, I'm sort of edging towards it hopefully being a a proper fight and a and a a normal well not a normal one just a what's the word i'm looking for mate a uh, genuine a genuine legitimate fight. legitimate fight what i found strange was there's no real mention in the interviews yep. after of the injury ridiculous and embarrassing and surely if david hay was i mean Pre-match or pre-fight, they both hated each other more than anything. You know, It was glasses being thrown. It was them calling each other names, fronting each other out. Why would you not even go to that? Uh, why would you not say it after? Say what? That you've injured yourself. i tell you he why. Said, he said, no, oh, I'll tell you, I you why. I haven't finished it, mate. You, you've gone on for ages now. He um, he didn't mention it at all. He said, Tony uh, Bellew won fair oh, and square. No. If it was that much of a an injury, I've got surely, the answer. surely you would say it. I've got the answer. Uh, another thing... Oh, right, another thing was, Do you want the answer to that or not? You no, no, want no, answer no, no, no. Okay. Another thing was that for two heavyweights, there wasn't much markings on the face. You know, no cuts, no nothing. Um, I can't believe that either. Um, I, I'm torn, mate. I'm so torn.
2: Right, go on. What's your answer quick? He didn't mention it because last time he fought with an injury... Against Klitschko, I think it was Klitschko. He mentioned it in the interview afterwards and got absolutely abused for it. Okay, people still talk that, about that it. That wasn't as visible as this, though, mate. So
3: it's, it, I think it's different. His toe, went, his toe wasn't visible. You know, he didn't have a visible injury. He didn't injure himself in the
2: sixth round. You know, you he went hell. He went so over the top, saying "won it fair and square," "won it fair and square." It was like that was his mission to say that, so he couldn't get abused for it. But it was visibly seeable, yep. his injury. Yeah, but yeah, and but he didn't you thought toe. it might be theater. So wasn't that visible to you, was it? Or to the 50% of viewers who said it was all bollocks? Yeah, this is why I say I'm torn, mate. Excuse the pun. That's why I'm saying I'm torn between the both. He definitely injured himself. He's definitely had surgery to fix his Achilles. He definitely fought on with a torn or ruptured Achilles. And you know as well as I do that that amount of adrenaline, we haven't experienced that much, but the amount you get in, say, a big rugby match yep. disguises pain like nothing else. And... He battled on and he didn't mention it because he knew that last time he mentioned, he mentioned his toe, he got absolutely hammered and still does. People still mention it on social media. Follow him on social media. People get into him about that toe comment all the time. I don't think you would have been hammered. He is nailed. I don't think you would have been hammered for saying he injured himself. Yeah, but if you were him and you'd been hammered before, how about you don't mention it and, and basically come out of that. But he comes it, out of that with massive But credit. it was
3: too obvious for him not to mention it, is my
2: point. It's way too obvious. I thought it was too obvious for the interviewer not to mention it. It's ridiculous. Worst interview ever. Um, he categorically injured himself, and he's had surgery, so... Yeah,
3: well, I... Th- I can't believe he didn't mention it himself. I can't believe David Hay
2: didn't mention it in the interview after. Yeah, injured. but I don't know why he can't believe it. He didn't mention it because of the toe. Yeah, but... Yeah, anyway, here. Um, hard as nails. Not not his biggest fan, but hard as nails. Tony Bellew needs to admit that he beat a bloke on one leg and keep it a bit real, if you ask me. Tony Bellew also looked tiny compared to Anthony Joshua. <laughs> oh my Did days! Did you see that? Oh my days! Yeah, AJ, AJ hits him. That sleepsville, isn't uh, it? But
3: also another thing, another thing, Flats, is that they were hyping up the the second fight too much. Straight after, they were they're were talking about it way too much.
2: Yeah. Bit of a loving, wasn't it? It was a bit horrible.
3: No, but it was like, you know, I don't know. It's like someone had told him, you've got to hype up the second fight, you've got to hype up the second fight. It looked a bit too
2: staged for me, mate. Tony Bellew makes no, makes no attempt to disguise the fact that he is there to get paid as much as possible. David Hay might try and disguise it, but I think everyone knows he's come back because he wants to get paid millions and millions of pounds again. Mm. OK, so they both know the game... David Hay is one of the best hype men in the game. Tony Bellew is becoming a hype man, but he's quite open about it. He says, I just want the money. And they are both straight away in money mode. They know if they get a rematch, that's millions of pounds each for half an hour's work. They Well, a lot of work in camp, but your half an hour fight. So they are straight into money mode. These are two money men. Do you see my point, though? In a, if it doesn't seem it seems a little bit off about them
3: not mentioning the injury. them going straight
2: into the... That's the interview. The That's fight. the interview. Has got to pin him on it. Yeah, but you'd still say it. You know, you'd he wouldn't. Tony Belly no. doesn't want to under, undermine no, his you, victory. You know, David Hay doesn't want to look like a windger. Right. Yeah, well, I think people would understand if he was
3: mentioned his injury.
2: Mm, but he had a broken toe last time, or whatever it was. That people might have understood. That it's quite hard to box with a bad foot, but because you need to push off, they didn't understand it. They tore into him. But you don't, you don't see it being broken. That's the point. But then loads of people don't yeah. think he did his Achilles. So what if he says that, and everyone says it's all bollocks? But you see, you actually see him what you see is him injuring himself, and
3: visible. When he broke his toe, you don't see him limping or anything yeah. like that. Um, but anyway,
2: it gets people talking. Yeah, it does. Nails, absolutely nails that um, guy. I'd still watch the second fight. Not too admirable on. or likeable, I would suggest, but Not the heaviest nails. either,
3: mate, for a heavyweight. I used to think heavyweights used to be like 18, 19 stone. Yeah, they're not that big, are they? You know, I weigh more than David Hay. Yeah, I yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a pound more than David Hay in yeah. weight. So I mean, I'm harder, stronger, yeah.
2: tougher. Mate you'd kick it you'd kick his teeth in. You'd go well, mate, as well. I wouldn't. My arms are only six inches long. I'm like a T Rex.
3: You like Mike Tyson?
2: Anthony Joshua's bigger though, he's like eighteen stone, isn't he? Huge bloke. Seventeen, and a half eighteen Huge stone. Huge bloke. Good nick. Yeah. Good good as well on the chat. Yeah. He just looks, he's set the way he stands and everything, he's just he's the absolute boss, isn't he? Yeah. Did you see Katie, Katie Taylor, the Irish lady, did you see her boss yes, beforehand? I did. Oh, I love watching her. So good. I love watching her. So see how fast her combos are. Oh my days. She hits hard. She is small. She, she's like a 10 stone, nine and a half ten 10 stone woman, or whatever she yeah, is. She's nine, she nine stone, bad nice nine stone. stone. She would beat the shit out of you and me. In boxing, yeah.
3: But. You I'd got hold of her. Not in a street fight. <laughs> I'd be like Tommy the Machine Gun. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I'd be like Rocky versus Tommy the Machine
2: Gun. Yo, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, the, the street's my ring. Is it something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It was really good, though, Rachel Taylor. Really impressed.
2: Katie Taylor That's and Rachel. Bottom. Rachel's good, too. Yeah. But I love yeah. watching her. And is this really inappropriate? I kind of fancy her a little bit as well. Mm. But fancy mm. everyone. Yeah.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door.
3: So, David, this is our new little segment. It's mm. called Leo Vegas Bet of the Week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... It better be good. It better be. It will be good. It will be very good.
2: OK, so I, um, I officially don't know how to do bets, so... Um... OK, so we've chosen
3: our game, right? So, England v. Scotland. This weekend, the Calcutta Cup. Scotland hit a bit of form.
2: You know, they're, yeah. They're sharp. They're super sharp. They're doing all right. They're creating chances, they're scoring them. I think you Their should tails bet. The are up. I, you're right, you're, they're, they're the informed team, and I think you should bet on them to beat England with your £25. Pounds. No,
3: we're doing it together, mate. Oh, we together? Oh, yet. God, they're never going to yeah. win. England by 10. You reckon England by 10? Because the yeah. odds, the handicap odds are England minus 10.5. Well, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? So that means England have to beat Scotland by over 11 points.
2: By 11 points or over? Yeah for us to win yes. and if we put 25 quid on that what do we win um, 25 back oh right yeah double our money
3: yeah well we don't win it we donate it to charity
2: yeah children in need but we still win it and feel good about ourselves yeah we do and uh, help those damn kids um, I reckon I say we go for England to win by 11 then okay. 11 or- then what, what if they win by 12 that's fine then? how is it
3: yeah anything above that it's fine well, let's do it then what, uh, what do I have to do mate to win now up front Type
2: five? Oh, right, so what you mean. Take right. Scotland on. I think the back lines, I think, are both blimmin' fab. I love the back rows. I, it's, it's uh, what day is it? It's Monday here. It's Monday mm-hmm. afternoon, so we don't know the teams yet. But um, I hope, for Scotland's sake, Hamish Watson gets a game. I, I just love watching him play. I think he's brilliant. The Edinburgh flanker and could cause England real problems. So I think he would be the best fetcher on the field. Um, best breakdown operative at the field, uh, BDO. Uh, so i will have to take him out of the game. Yeah, take him out. And run at him as often as possible so he's making tackles. Rather than juggling, Rather than getting over the ball, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just like when you play against, you know, uh, Armitage or someone like that, you try and make him get his tackle count high so he can't jackal. So he's,
3: Yeah, so he's not the second man arriving.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly it. So I I think the type five is the way forward. I, I, Xander Fagerson is the Glasgow tighthead I really, really rate. I think he's really good. He has struggled a couple of times in a couple of games so far in the six nations more than I thought he might. But I think that's partly down to the fact that he's young and learning. He's also facing great players. um, And they, they don't have, he's got it all on his shoulders. So to speak, you know, they lose WP Nell, um, Villain Petrus Nell, who's fab and, Also, Dickinson on the loose heads, so I think he hasn't had the best loose heads with him, which would really help. But I think England have a right pop at their type five and try and get them on the back foot because no back line is as good on its heels as it is on its toes, Tommy.
3: No, they're not. So we're going England, minus 10.5 points on Leo Vegas. Get on there. Let's have it. LeoVegas.com. So before we look at the Pro 12 and the Aviva Prem, big boy, we've just... Had a chat about England beating Scotland. Yeah, this weekend, Wales Island. Ireland no, for I, me. Yeah, I knew you would. What do you think? I mean, you you called it right last week against or well, two weeks ago against Scotland. Yeah, it's a real close one, mate. Um, the bookies are probably going to favour Ireland. Um, do you reckon,
2: it, even in Cardiff?
3: Yeah, Ireland are playing better as well. Mm. Um, they, there's not many weaknesses in that Irish team isn't it I don't think you especially know, with Sexton back they're, they're good in defence they're good in attack they're good in the air they create opportunities they've got a team that is fairly comfortable with each other so they know how to play they're not, they're not looking for like an identity of how to break teams down or a style of play they've got it yeah. they're there it doesn't really matter if Sexton's in or Paddy Jackson yeah. you know, if anything they're probably better at attack with Paddy Jackson because he's a bit more elusive but Sexton gives him a bit more control and his kicking is, is spot on Wales on the other hand are in a lot of pressure now mm. you know, especially losing Scotland hadn't lost to Scotland in 10 years the worrying thing for Wales is their ability to attack yeah, and it's, it's quite clear and I'm not just slagging them off now you know you look at the, the England game you look at the Italy game where they didn't get a bonus point and that's the first game of the championship but still you've got to be looking to get a bonus point and other teams have done it quite easily against them it's just you know not often do you get many tries scored off first phase because defenses Mm. are so tight set pieces so strong but second or third phase you've got to be looking to cut teams yeah and they don't you know there's not for me there's still not enough decoy runners there's still not enough movement it's still a little bit too... What does that mean, though?
2: There's not enough decoy runners, so it makes yeah. it too easy to defend, or what?
3: Yeah, well, yeah.
2: You know, as a
3: defender, when you see people moving out your channel, you don't know, quite know who to take. You know, yeah. as, a, as a back or a 12 or a 13, you've got an area of the field and a channel to defend. You know, if someone's running straight at you, that's happy days. Yeah. You're taking them, but as soon as you see movement out the corner of your eye, you see a centre running across, you see a winger or another centre or fifteen coming under, you're not quite sure who to tackle, you're in two minds. And yeah. that's when you're in two minds, that's what creates bad decisions. That's what creates space. And Wales don't do enough of that. And I know they're trying to. You know, they brought Alex King in. Yeah. They're trying to look at a new style of play. Mm. But what happens when you're tired and you're exhausted, you revert back to the norm. And the norm has always been go the same way, go the same way, take teams on physically.
2: Big units bashing it up. They can't quite
3: take teams on physically anymore because the big units aren't playing. When I talk about big units, I mean Jamie Roberts. Yeah, you know he's not starting. They're moving away from that. They're they're playing with Scott Williams at twelve, and that hasn't quite clicked yet either. Mm. You know, Scott Williams is in at twelve because a he can ball carry, he can tackle, but he's a little bit more elusive. He's got a passing game, mm. but we're not seeing the best of that. Um we've got some great strike runners in that back line, but we're not seeing them utilize the mm. best way they can. Mm. I still think Liam Williams should play f- excuse me fifteen yeah um I know Lee halfpenny's positioning a lot of people think' is better um, and the the ground he covers and where he lines himself I think it pressed probably right actually but rugby Rugby for me is still about attacking yeah you know I think I'd much rather watch a you know, you have to attack better than you defend. Otherwise, you're not going to score any points whatsoever. Mm. And Liam Williams is one of the best attackers Wales have got. Yet we're not seeing him enough in the game. Sam Davis is an unbelievable talent. There's no doubt about that. A try he scored or set, yeah, up set up for Josh Malavey. Oh, how I good was that?
2: Was absolutely delicious. It's on, it's on the Scrum Five but Twitter I, feed if you want to look. I still it.
3: don't. I still don't think he'll start. And I, I don't believe he should start just yet. I, should, I think he should get more game time and he should have been brought on a lot earlier against Scotland but Dan Bigger hasn't done enough wrong to lose his place yeah. and often, often the case is you have to wait for your time, so you have yeah. to wait for injuries you have to buy your time, do the hard yards on the bench when yeah. you get it, you take it and I'm sure you will at the time but they need to be more creative they, they need to find a style of play that works yeah. uh, the big issues are going to be back row I think that's, the, that's a huge one. Toby um, Faletau's fit. Um, who, who, who'd you drop there?
2: He, was, he was really good for Bath. Bath were rubbish at the weekend against Wasp. Faletau was really good. But Warburton has been brilliant, hasn't he? He's been immense. Yeah, can't he, drop him.
3: Can't drop him. Um, same with Ross Moriarty. I know yep. he's a little bit quieter against Scotland, but he's a real danger man. He's a I think real Fal- hard Faletau
2: man. stays on the bench, no question. That's
3: and what, t- I, that's what and I, tipper- I do. At tipper- a lot of people are saying. You know, drop Tiprick is your easy option but if Wales want to play this different style of play he mm. has to play mate yep. because he's so skillful otherwise you know, you've know, you not got that link we say it so many times you've not got that link between fours and backs where you can run plays off Tiprick. so that this this is why they need to find a style that works because if they want to play a little bit more expansive and wider Tiprick needs to be in those wide channels because mm. you can call moves off the cuff mm. he can react he can be a ball player he can be a strike runner doesn't matter so
2: hmm Fascinating. but I Very fascinating, mate. But, I, yeah, but, it, but it's at home in the Principality Stadium. Yeah. They've had some good success there before. Do you know the, Wel- the Welsh pulled out this performance, uh, it was this mega-intense performance against England and lost, and I suggested they might have shot their bolt, and by the time they got to Scotland, it turned out by the second half, that was what had happened. That was true, yeah? Didn't score a point in the second half? They score a point in the second half, which is weird, but um, which is not great. But is the Wales-Ireland rivalry anywhere near intense enough to suggest that it, it's perhaps likely that they'll produce another England-type performance this weekend. Um,
3: well, the rivalry's the same as England. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's up there. I think they all are there, but that it's just the Six Nations, really. The, ri- the rivalries there between England, Ireland, France. You know, Scotland, they've always had a good record against, Wales have, mm. until now. Mm. Um, Italy, you know... You, normally beat Italy, or they yeah. have lost twice.
2: Yeah, but I, I just think, are they, are they likely to get up to the levels of th- yeah. excitement that they did against England? I think
3: so, and the reason you get up to those levels is because of the history of the games and what's gone on, also the pressure that you're under. Yeah. Huge yeah. amount of pressure in Wales. They're right under scrutiny. You know, talking coaches, players, the yeah. lot. Yeah. Haven't quite clicked. Didn't quite click in the autumn Internationals, mm. not quite clicking now, and it's difficult. Like a lot of players, a lot of players, ex-players, and pundits and fans are are asking Rob Howley to experiment with the team, but you got to remember. Rob Howley's only got this team for a year. You know, he's he's not a new coach that's come in and said right, blank canvas. We're going to play with and two ball players, two tens, mm. ten and twelve. He hasn't. He's got his he's got his team until Warren Gatling gets back. Mm. It's not his team to really. Um, develop,
2: and start yeah. again.
3: Is it because he's he's only got for a short? It's term. almost like a maintenance role. It is exactly that. So he's under a lot of pressure. But what's he meant to do? You know, he mm. he's a coach as well. He's got to win as many games as, he's pos- as possible. You know, he's still when his time comes up with Wales, he's still got to find a job after that. Yeah. So it's it's a difficult situation, I think, for Rob be in
2: And I'm inclined to think that actually, bar one or two changes, that. Everyone would make one or two changes to every team, so I might change the fullback. Yeah, you, know? you put your own um, stamp on it. Wouldn't yeah, you? I but might you wouldn't change, start again. I might have a tinker with a back three, but yeah. otherwise, I look at it and think from the Pro 12 games I watch and the internationals I watch that he is picking largely the right team. Um, but I, I, I think the, the Scott Williams selection, if he he had to play for me, but hasn't quite worked yet, and I wonder if it's going to work outside bigger. I tweeted this week that. After that tweet of the Sam Davis try for Ospreys came up, I said all they gotta do is pick him now. Something like that. But I, I must say, and I, I kind of it's not that I don't stand by that. I do think they gotta put him on the bench and get him on. This guy needs to be playing 20, 30, 35 minutes in test matches soon. Yes. Um, if he's gonna get anywhere. But I I do think that in order to pick it's easy to say pick someone, gotta pick Fallatao. Like you said, who do they drop? I don't think you can drop Dan Biggie yet. I no, think he's got too right. much credit at the and bank. The,
3: the good thing about Sam Davis is that you can bring him on at 15 as well right. because what you want him, you want him in the game. Yeah. Um, so at 15, you know, he can still come in as first receiver, which is his strength. He takes it so flat. Yeah. Um, you know, loves making breaks. Is a, a genuine threat, ball in hand, which means defenders can't move off him. Yeah. Otherwise, he'll go through the gap. Uh, he had an amazing offload, as we said.
2: For the that Osborne. was so nice. Against Edinburgh. Delicious, you called it, and I think oh. that's that's a nice and adjective. I did. And apart
3: from isn't. the Ospreys, um the other three Welsh regions were pretty abysmal mm. at the weekend. But let's get on to some I mean the Blues lost to Munster here at the Arms Park, they were leading at half time, massive wind. You don't often see that in in professional rugby anymore, with the wind mm. being such a Yeah. A threat. You you do in some grounds, you know, yeah. Up in Newcastle, place like that. Um Scarlets were so average against Leinster but Leinster were an are super brilliant so um, Stuart
2: Lancaster effect they all love him yeah in
3: Glasgow hammered the Dragons but what
2: was your game for the Worcester-Bristol Worcester. Uh, Bristol were really good last week against Bath Worcester were terrible against Saints both sides reversed their reversed that form this weekend Bristol Bristol this is a punchy thing to say and it's kind of almost without substance but Bristol lost that game in the first 90 seconds. First kick-off, they got battered off the ball. Penalty, line out in the corner, and they were run over their own line by the Worcester. Was ended up being a penalty try, 7-0 in a minute or two. Not good, is it? And Not straight away, it's a penalty to Worcester. And Worcester looked absolutely pumped, slick, powerful. They kicked the leather off it last week, and it was so dull at Northampton. They, they properly could have beaten Northampton, but they went to this game plan that didn't work and didn't utilise the strengths they had at all. Basically made really good ball runners, kicked the ball for an hour and a half, which was dull. This week they properly went for it and they were outstanding. Big Will Spencer in the second row for Worcester, a guy I played with, he was academy when I was at Bath, one of the strongest guys I've ever been on a rugby field with, even when he was nine. I mean, being 19 and saying to Danny Grucock, who the f- is that? Yeah, uh, It's the strongest thing I've ever seen on a field. And he's now fully, he's been injured for ages, he's fit. Really dominant physically, um, they were fab. And Francois Huard was very a, good, absolutely Do you know I, brilliant. I noticed a
3: massive difference in. I don't know if it was just because they upped it for Bristol and it's a bit of a relegation battle, but how physical they were. Yeah, both in attack and defence. Yeah, there was absolutely no room for Bristol. I the second half, Tom Van must have been tackled into touch three or four times. There was yeah. just there was no space whatsoever. Yeah, out there. I was really impressed with Hume as well.
2: Oh yeah, he's so good. He is. Bryce Heum is so a, good. He's
3: like a r- real lazy runner. He looks yeah. like, he doesn't look like he's travelling, yeah. but he's fast as well. And he hits hard too. He does hit hard. Really, really good. Um, game for me of the weekend was Gloucester-Quinsdale.
2: Oh, my days, what a game.
3: Um, like, I'm sure Charlie Sharple's first try, it'd be up there. Try, try the, the season. season. Yeah. Turnover, 100 metres, down the other end, try. Halifunua run, lovely offload. I really like Halifunua, I think he's really good. Hines could have given it on a switch to yeah. Sharples straight away, he, he doesn't, um, but managed to recycle it and Sharples yeah. pops over. But yeah. th- and you think, and you think you know, Gloss are going to crack on from here, but they don't, Quinn's come back. Well,
2: Hibbard got a, a lazy yellow card and they conceded 15 points yeah, in that time. Yeah, I've got, I've got a
3: Hibbard written down on a bit of paper here, I've got next to it Wales.
2: Yep. Yeah. Agree. I if you if you're saying he should play, yeah. I agree. I, I really like Ken Owens, the sheriff. By the way, I think he's a really really good rugby player, um, and I think he rarely plays badly. And I think he's been playing the, his game against England was the best I've ever seen him play. Mm. Did really well. I would be he Richard Hibbard would be my first choice Wales hooker without question, and he's been he's one of those players they. I had a a theory about Gloucester that the last owner that had them signed a couple, a, load of, a handful of massive names on inverted commas too much money, yeah, and just to make the team look big, full of rock stars, and then sold it to someone who didn't quite realise what they were buying. Hang on a minute, they got loads of big names, bought it. I wonder if that's how it went. Cause they all got signed. Why would you sign loads of big names from different countries just as you're about to sell a club? But he has been their best big signing in years. He even offloaded, like, out the back door for one of the tries. Um,
3: The the Chisholm brothers scored good tries. Hard to shake off, aren't they?
2: (laughs) That's good. That is good. Um, Uh, When Chisholm hits the line, it's... uh, (laughs) Yeah, he takes some clearing out. Uh, uh, Chisholm brothers, both really good. Mm. Quick one, real quick, big one. He is actually a hell of a player. And I think... This is punchy, Tommy. I think he might well move ahead of... Um, Jack Clifford in the Quins pecking order, possibly because he is possibly. being really dominant at the moment. But they'll
3: try some turnovers as well, which is mm. which is nice. Did
2: you see? Did you see Laurie Fisher, the head coach of Gloucester? Did you see his tweet? No. After the game, it's something along the lines of unacceptable capitulation. Clearly not good enough. Time to make room for someone else. I think. So I think he basically basically quit on Twitter after the game. Really? Yeah. Not the way to do it, but good value for us lot watching from the outside. Quinn's won with a penalty off a scrum.
3: The end. Did you see that scrum? Yeah. Was it the correct decision? Yeah. OK, good.
2: Yeah, they absolutely butchered them. That's cleared that up.
3: Um, yeah. Exeter beat Leicester
2: by doing a Leicester. They were, but they were outstanding. Exeter were all over them, and what Leicester want to do, at, what they need to do at least, is grind grind teams up front at home, and they couldn't do that. The no, S- they, Exeter's set-piece was dominant, line-out and scrum. Jeff Parling, prominent.
3: Exeter played like Leicester used to play, yeah. didn't they? Just yeah. kept it tight, physical. Um, some nice touches by Sladey. He is... He's slick. He's, he's very slick. He's a delicious rugby player, Tom. He is. And did you know, mate, that's the heaviest league defeat Leicester have had in this season. This season.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And so it's at home. 34-15
2: to Exeter. Bonus point win away from home at Welford Road. Leicester aren't in brilliant form, but they had they have been in good form, but only against teams lower than them generally. Yep. Against the top teams, this was a big test for them, and Exeter have properly put them away. Um,
3: I have to mention... Bath Wasps. Sorry about this, yeah,
2: boy. Yeah, you mention it. I mention I away. I know
3: you're impartial, but you know Bath still has a bit of a... It's still home. A bit of a hold on you. It's still um, home. The moment of the game for me, forget tries, was Wade's tackle on
2: Denton. Got a, i got a thing. Did you watch my highlight show on the telly?
3: Yeah.
2: Did you listen to my bits or just no, watch the games? I just
3: listened to Mark Duden. It's
2: yeah, funny. I don't blame you. So I've got well, a thing did, about that. I do not have time. You watch really good tackle from Christian Wade. Yeah. Dave Denton, you know, should have scored that. But look out if you look at it from the side camera. Look how far Dave Denton is over the try line before, try, yeah, before Kenny, he. Yeah, Kenny Logan, Logan once said to me, "Why, why run? Unless you're trying to get around on the post, you've got loads of room. Why run so far over the line? Dive for the line and you score." Who Lenny Cogan? Lenny Cogan. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like but yeah Charlie Hodgson. Mm. Um, and it was, he's miles over the line. You look at Kurtley Beale when he scored that beautiful try from the offload from Tommy Taylor round homer, dives early and skids over. I picked
3: Tommy Taylor at the start of the season um, as one to look out for. So good. Mostly because you told me. Mm. Um, but it he's was really good. That, that line from Beale, he runs oh. off Tommy Taylor. It's just instinctive. It's just some players have an idea of what's going to happen and be able to preempt where the space is going to be. Yeah. Beale just does that.
2: Do you know what I say to you? I say to this, this to you, Tommy. Mm. Let's say Lee Halfpenny's on 450 grand a year. I've got no idea what he earns at soon. Let's say he's on 400 grand a year. Okay. Let's say Kirtley Beale's on 700 grand a year. These numbers sound crazy. I would go so far as to say Kirtley Beale is worth every one of those pennies and pounds.
3: Willie LaRue was good as well, mate.
2: Yeah. Every time Kirtley Beale plays, he is excellent. Absolutely excellent at everything. 12, winger. 15. 15. He's brilliant. And Uh, Willie LaRue, really good as well, yeah. He likes to be called Villy, by the way, just so you know. Yeah, um, and how do you pronounce him?
3: Rockadunguni.
2: Rokadunguni. Yeah. Mm, been getting that wrong for a few years.
3: Sarasota's oh. been Newcastle as well, but fairly close game. Billy's back, Billy Vinapola's back, yeah. Grand Slams on. Yeah, and then we've got Northampton beating Sale. Had a bit of a slow start, Northampton, haven't they? But they seem to be
2: finding in a way. They're still in it. Yeah. Sale are struggling, mate, down in 10th. They're struggling. I think it's it's about staying clear of Worcester now for them and getting it done. Getting through it for me. Got any questions, Tom? I've got a
3: few, mate. What you got? Um, right. All right, boys. This is from JP Swain on Twitter. Thoughts on Cockrell to Edinburgh? Good move? Yes. OK, good. And Hamish Watson for the Lions? Yes, he's good enough. He probably won't go, but he's good enough. Yeah, he is, he's good enough, but these next two games are massive for him. If he has the same impact and the same games he did against Wales, mm. against Scotland, mm. and the last game, then there's potential. But yes. luckily in the Northern Hemisphere, we're blessed with quite a few good sevens, mm. aren't we? Nuson Blessé. He's also yeah. said something quite crude at the end.
2: Yeah, these guys do that.
3: I yeah, uh, love, love the pod. Get Shanks' and mum
2: on. Oh, God. Why, he, what, why has he gone there? Grow up. Grow up, mate. Um, Tom Hogan on email has asked us. Well, actually, what he said is, "Hi, I don't like Chris Ashton on donuts. Do you have any life advice for me? Mine is vitamin D. Get your teeth sorted because you sound hanging. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you? I don't know. Do you go out in public if you look like that? Not sure. Hang on, we got visitors. Get out. Get him out, Shanks. Get it's him Matt,
3: out. Matt Jones the groundsman here. It Looks dodgy to me. We're just looking for an
2: autograph or is something. He, is he? I don't want to. Be, I don't want to be too offensive. He's not fully grown no. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, eat the greens, mate. You can't be eating donuts. Yeah, I think. I think it's more about vitamin D and teeth. But greens. Yeah. This guy, this Tom lad, struggling. Right, on you, Tommy. Get on the uh, get on the spin bike. Did spin this morning in the gym. Yeah. You and the
3: housewives, is it? No, me, Bubs, my mate Bubs, and weird Andrew. Yeah, they all did it. That's nice. I mean, I, I think they just did it on one gear. I don't think they, they turned the gears up. They did dummy turns, you know, and you just put your hand down there to pretend to turn the gears up. Civies, mate. And just touch it. Yeah, civvies. Um They don't dig in like we do, mate. But I could be lying. I don't know. Yeah, myself. Um, yourself. Yeah, I've got one on Twitter here from Johnny Cahill. Carhill. What's Whatever. the weirdest pre-game ritual superstition um, that you've come across? Like, such as
2: Lee Byrne reading his book. Well, yeah, pretending. I remember Paul Wallace used to be sick before games a lot. You'd hear. Yeah. Rrr, rrr, you know. But you never seem nervous. I'm not convinced it was a nervous thing. I think it just, it was part of his body just naturally was sick before he played, didn't I'm pretty it? sure we've
3: had a couple of questions like this before. Um, did you do anything? I used to cut my toenails and fingernails. Uh, this is weird, so did I. You've got, to cut your, <laughs> you've got to cut them once a week, haven't you? So why not? Yeah, I used before, to do that.
2: I used to floss. Before genuine, game? I used to do dental floss a lot. Floss your, oh, your nails or your teeth? My teeth. Okay. I used to floss, often at full time, often at half time, often
3: pre-match. Here, well, I'll just add to this. Did you ever have a like when you stayed at home especially, do you ever have like a pre match meal you used to eat? Um no I could barely eat, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I used to. Which I I learned from Martin Williams, who learned from Scott Cornell. Oh really? Yeah. Sorry to name
2: drop What was that?
3: A bag of chips. Pancakes. <laughs> oh yeah? Yeah. So we okay. used to have a breakfast in the morning of I don't know, eggs, beans, a bit of toast and then you know, three—no, three, four hours say before kickoff. You used to have pancakes. Okay. Yeah, with some banana, some honey or syrup, Nutella. Bit of bit of sugar.
2: Yeah. And a bit of carbs. Yeah, sugar. Always. It turns out it's probably a bad thing for you to have a few hours before a match because you're probably up, then you're probably down again by the time you get there. But I'm up and we down anyway, mate. We didn't know that. Yeah. 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 It's just as me. a bloke. Yeah. Um, Guy Hollis has emailed this question: When and how did you two, top class operators? I put that bit in. When and how did you two first meet, and what were your first impressions of each other? Was it love at first sight? Can't remember. Saris, 99, 98? 98. 98. Right. I, remember, I remember thinking you were quite... It was a funny combination of being socially very confident, but actually really awkward nonetheless, but you never felt awkward. I think everyone else just did. yeah. Except when a camera was put in front of you, when you used to do this weird gurning thing because you couldn't <laughs> smile properly, <laughs> even in your like sister's wedding photos at your at her house and your mum's house and stuff, you got this really. You only learnt to smile comfortably since you retired. Yeah, close the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so uncomfortable. And I remember you <laughs> getting you got stitched up and had to do a speech. You it made you stand up in front, talk in front of the lads, and you really hated it. And in a rugby club, you don't get sympathy for that. But now you're actually a public speaker for a living, so it's um, the irony is not the irony, but the progression is commendable. Yeah, it's a bit like
3: Michael Phelps, you know? Didn't used to like swimming. Now mm. look at
2: him. Yeah, the greatest um, world's ever seen. Just but like we, that. Uh, yeah, we we used to live together
3: um, around the same area. We we're all about the same age, weren't we? As myself, Adam Jones, Ben Johnston, um, then we have Matt Kearns, Tony Rocks, John Dawson, yourself. So we we're all about the same age. We all used to like going out and uh,
2: mm. having a few. Drinks, out and about. Yeah, we had a nice time, didn't we? Yeah. Um, here's one from Alex Barker on email. If there was a Six Nations team heading to New Zealand, which French and Italian players do you think would be in the reckoning? So if you could add France and Italy to the Lions, effectively. This guy said, I'm thinking Gerardo, French hooker, Wesley Fafana, Parise, Campagnaro and Vacatawa. Not many after that.
3: I don't know if I'd go Vakatawa.
2: I think you're right, I'd neither would I.
3: I don't think his work rates as good as it could mm-hmm. be he probably doesn't understand too much English as well so we can just properly rip into him he's quite slow on turning yeah and doesn't get into the game enough he's a f- he deadly finisher that's
2: for sure but that's all he's got is but that what you're telling me all, his
3: all round game isn't as good as others other okay.
2: I think Johan Uge is better than him
3: yeah so do I he's a bit dirty for me
2: though he is yeah but we're yeah. not we're taking best players
3: Paris say thousand percent
2: thousand percent Campagnaro I'd actually go uh, Lavotti the Italian I think really good.
3: I don't know if I got Campagnaro He's good, but he's so good, mate. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's Lions good. Mm. Okay.
2: What do you think of Lavotti the loose head Italian? Strong. Yeah. You, know, you like his stuff, angles yeah? in a little bit too much
3: on the hook. <laughs> I need to scrummage a little bit straight. He needs to get his feet below his hips a little bit more. He's yeah. left wanting.
2: But um, I think Vahamahina has been excellent. I think Gurdon has been excellent. Uh, Picamol's got to be in there
3: Picamoles will have to be in there
2: I'd have Picamole ahead of Parise Since you're asking
3: yeah, he, yeah He's a better player But you know, if they're including the Lions Maybe. You have to take someone from Italy And it's, it's only him really to take Otherwise you yeah. don't feel part and, of it And
2: you can't not go you Do can't you think go there'll happen?
3: ever be a Lions tour Where one nation has zero
2: representatives uh, No because I think everyone is too scared of the backlash So there we go Parise has to go OK yeah. OK that'll do yeah. Got any more questions Tom? we can't um, we, we got loads actually we can't answer all of them we can only answer a fraction but okay one from you here uh, richard porter on twitter
3: out of out of your generation all current players who could go on to be a decent referee
2: nick wood the gloucester prop is refereeing just started re- referee the game i played in on saturday on friday afternoon is really good yeah. richard Horton, apparently is really good the old sarries winger he is a ref he might end up being a sevens ref, I think.
3: He he's, uh, refs a lot of the sevens. I've seen him mm. around. Yeah.
2: I think I, I, I'm not... It's like saying you think a captain has to be this position or that position, but I, it's not a specific. quite so... I'm not so quite so ardent about it as a rule, but I think that, you know, it, if you're going to... You know, a prop will be good at refereeing scrums, potentially breakdowns. Yes. But crossing is something he might never have seen in a game up close, you know, or very rarely. So... It probably helps to have someone who's got an overall view of the game. So someone like a ten or a nine. So Carl many, Dixon.
3: There's not many big refs because you have to be able to keep up with play. You Run it's so, much the it's so much running.
2: Yeah, so much running. And Nick Wood, mind you, has lost two I mean, he says two, could be three stone since he retired and he looks amazing. Like really? painfully good. Really like bit like ripped and stuff.
3: Got another I one hate that. on Twitter here. Yeah, it's disgusting.
2: I hate that. But scrum offs basically I think a they run well, and they're, they're part of the tactical play. They're part of the kicking game. They've got a great view of the breakdown. So I, apart from the scrum side of things, which all refs need to work on, and even those of us that mm. have been in the scrum for years get wrong off the time anyway, or some of the time, I think scrum half's probably the best position. So Carl Dixon might end up being a great ref.
3: Mitch uh, Palooza, 2014 on Twitter, says, Dear Flats and Shanks, do players keep themselves in good nick in the off-season or do most just let themselves go? I would say 10-15 years ago most have just let themselves go Um, you know you get six weeks off it's normally it was normally four weeks of doing nothing and then the next two weeks you spend a little bit of time getting back in shape so your muscles harden up a little bit for pre-season or the testing but now I would say it's more of a mental break I think players still keep themselves in shape but you know they just they don't have a game at the weekend so they can switch off but they'll they'll do a little bit you cannot let afford to let yourself get out of shape because it takes it goes three times quicker than you put it on
2: yeah and I I I breakfast on Sunday morning with yesterday morning therefore with Tom Biggs yeah um who's uh you know a friend of mine played at Bath with and now he's at Worcester had a horrible injury actually for a while but he was taught I mean he's in an unbelievable nick I mean there there might not even be a rugby player in the nick he's in yeah he's like so he's like that um Pierre or whatever his name is, but a smaller version of he's Pierre no Pierre Yeah, he's, big, he's crazy. Is he just Nick. is
3: he vain or is it
2: The train's mega hard. Okay. And he's gonna be a personal trainer when he retires, but he'll be a really good one. He's one of those really focused dudes. And um he's you know, he was talking about
3: Is he gonna be trainer to the stars like Mel Dean?
2: Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um only with a much, much darker sense of humour. Very dark individual, really? but in a good way. Yeah, really good. Doesn't muck do you end about. Up
3: having a lot of conversations about what you would do for a million pound.
2: Yeah, he's like that, but it's more like he's never told a lie. So if you, if he listened, he listens "I listen to your podcast. I quite like it." And coming from him, not that he doesn't give praise out, but it's like if he thought it was rubbish, he would uh, say, "I hate your podcast."
3: I've loved watching his
2: haircuts differ through the years as yeah. well. Looks great at the moment. Big, long ginger beard and crazy hair. Massive. Ma- he's on crutches because of his ankle up. Okay. And his triceps on his crutches are freaky. People walk past, they're like, "Oh my god, what are they?" That is
3: one of the pluses yeah. of having a bad knee or ankle when you've got to use crutches. Yeah, but Get like he, pick, he
2: picks up his cup of coffee and his like vein pops out. Veins pop out. His biceps just picking up a coffee. I mean, unbelievable. Girls yeah. for the girls, but on for but the on guys. That, exactly. Yeah, there you go. But on that subject, he's he wouldn't let himself go. But he was talking about he's got a membership at the gym next to Six Ways as well that they pay for, it's not free, but he just... I said, why well, have you got that? He's like, oh, just to do my extras so I can use a different gym. When he was at Bath, he trained in the Bath gym and he had a membership in town, so he was in the gym all the time, days off, days off, in the gym. Has he got kids? No. That's why? That'll change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Got any more? Do you want to do any more? No. All right. Should call it a Doris Day? Well, yeah. Uh, if you want to get in contact with
3: us, get on Twitter. Yeah. Go on, boy, what is it? At Flats and Shanks. Yeah, that's right. You can email us. Contact at flatsandshanks.com. Or go through Facebook. Flats and Shanks. And if you want to put a bed on, get yourself on leovegas.com. Yeah,
2: they know their onions. Mm. Good luck, everyone. Ta-da. Bye.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.